0: Hello and welcome to another episode of A Catholic and a Protestant Walk into a Bar. I'm Elijah and I'm a Protestant. And I'm Nathaniel and I'm a Catholic. Merry Christmas to all of our seven listeners. (laughs) (laughs) It is the season of Advent where throughout many of the liturgical churches throughout the world where it's a penitential season and uh actually my church is not um liturgical so i'll let you take care of that
1: well um yeah we're we're gearing up towards christmas but right now um what is it it's december 8th 8th so it's uh the feast of the immaculate conception i had to go to mass today <laughs> early <laughs> in the morning at saint george which i liked it was nice um uh, they've made the church white for purity. Um, but, um, yeah, Feast of the Immaculate Conception, we're at in the liturgical season of Advent. Advent means coming. We're preparing for the coming of the Lord. Um, our Lord's first Advent, of course, happened 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem when He was born of the Virgin Mary. But uh, we're expecting the Lord. We're hoping for the Lord. We're doing some spiritual house cleaning because when the Lord comes we want to be found Doing, being, doing His work and being in His service. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, ultimately, we wait for that second Advent of the Lord when He comes in the glory of His Father and the Holy Angels, uh, which will be pretty epic. But um, ultimately, um, after the usually four weeks of Advent, um, then comes Christmastide. Um, if you ever heard that nice song, uh, The Twelve Days of Christmas, um, and you thought it was like, what does that mean? Well, that's because in the actual liturgical season in the church year of Christmas. There are at least 12 days um, from Christmas Day to January 6th, the Epiphany, um, which commemorate, commemorates the Magi and the mm-hmm. wise men and so on. But uh, there's those 12 days where it's Christmas. And so say Merry Christmas on December 26th. But what, is the, what do the rings have to do with it? <laughs> the Five golden rings. Five golden rings. <laughs> um, yeah, that could be, yeah, I would have to look that up. There is I, I, If I remember correctly, and you can look this up, um, I believe the actual song, The Twelve Days of Christmas, was used as a catechetical device to impart the truths of, you know, the Christmas season. So there, are, there's meaning behind it, I just have to look it up. But anyways, to say that there are 12 days to Christmas, to January 6th, and even after January 6th, and, you know, the traditional um, calendar, um, people celebrated Christmas up until, uh, I believe, February 22nd, or February 2nd, rather, which is Candlemas um, which you're, you're uh, commemorating the presentation of the Lord at the temple and also the purification of Mary according to the Jewish rites mm-hmm. um, uh, there. And so remembering, you know, our Lord's infancy and being born into the world and just remembering his first advent and his first coming to save the world um, mm-hmm. is what we're pretty much um, celebrating. And it all comes down to that great scandal of the incarnation. hmm
0: and one of the wonderful things that I've been learning about Advent recently is just the—I uh, I, love—and I'm a bit odd in this. I love that feeling of kind of uh, melancholy or that that level of seriousness. Like these these things are to be taken seriously. Christmas is a wonderful time, and or the 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 season leading up to Christmas is a wonderful time, but we tend to get so caught up in the the humdrum that we forget. You know that we are preparing to celebrate the coming of our Lord into the world from outside of the the womb of Mary, mm-hmm. and that uh, you know we're like you said we're supposed to be making ourselves ready, and there there should be a, a, a I guess the the idea that I'm thinking of is a joyful somberness, right? Because like, you're you're looking with expectation and, and and excitement, but at the same time realizing that you know, we're, it's, we're preparing ourselves for this, and so we have to take it seriously. Right. Um,
1: and, like, uh, traditionally, um, the, the, the the liturgical colors, just how you, you know, if you want to decorate your home or whatever for Advent, um, you got purple, for the most part, for three Sundays, and then um, the uh, third Sunday, before the fourth week, which is obviously the week of Christmas that happens, um, is called Gaudity Sunday, Gaudity Joy in Latin, but it's heightened expectation it's like you're in the thick of it you're in the th- third week it's getting real um and so the liturgical color is pink um depending sometimes it can be hot pink sometimes it can be more salmon So i guess how your investments are but the idea is that you're quickened to the heart you're taking something very dear your blood's pumping you, mm-hmm. you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and you're you're hoping to see some fruition <laughs> uh in your penitential efforts as so as to speak but yeah, and then of course the fourth Sunday it's back to purple again. But that idea is like, okay, now we're in the middle, heightened expectation.
0: Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, and then comes Christmas, Christmas Day, and then of course you know there's the the whole season of Christmas that you were talking about, mm-hmm. or Christmas tide. Mm-hmm. And Christmas is, is one of those holidays. It's kind of like a breaking point, just like Easter is, for uh, for all of our year long expectations. Unfortunately, within. At least in evangelical circles, Christmas, even as much as we like to say, "Oh, Jesus is the reason for the season," we still focus on the cultural elements instead of the the uh, Christian ones. Um, so that's that's a problem that we we have. I think some some of the more liturgical Protestant um, uh, traditions do do it a lot better than evangelicals do. Um, but yeah, you have this wonderful time of Christmas. And, and uh, this whole season of Advent, because commercially it's just the Christmas season with Bing Crosby and all those songs. And
1: right. And things. and then it's just like the idea that there are like Advent carols like that are totally different from, you know... I love good Christmas hymns, and we should definitely talk about that. But it's like the idea of, you know, things like, um, you know, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel... Um, This is like, it's a very rich song and it's just meditating on the incarnation and the coming of the Lord and hoping for what? Redemption Mm -hmm. and ransom captive Israel. Um, Because the church is the new Jerusalem is Israel. Um, But um, it's there, you know, maybe even Ave Maria, just, you know, meditate on that first chapter of Luke of, you know, the angel coming to Mary and saying, hail full of grace. Um, Just those ideas of what happened before, just
0: that nice manger scene. Well, nice, relatively speaking. <laughs> well,
1: yeah, and of course, even the manger scene with uh, is kind of a... It, it's a devotional thing, of course. People are like, oh, but he was in a cave. And he's like, probably, but then the manger scene, the crash thing that we have is from Francis mm-hmm. of Assisi. You know, come on. He was trying to help people love Jesus. Just
0: give him a break. <laughs> um, yeah, and it, it doesn't matter whether it was in like a lean-to or a cave. Or... The, the important part is where, like, we know that he was born... Inside a stable, inside a place where they kept animals, like the manger is actually a trough, right, for animals to eat. So you have the King of the Universe, the Bread of the, Life, the one who br- <laughs> like spoke the word into existence, he, the, the word world by into which existence. Is made, yeah. And he is brought into the world in an animal's feeding bin.
1: You know, and yeah, and there's definitely some Eucharistic imagery there. It's like if Jesus says, "I'm the Bread of Life," and here he is as a baby, and what you know. Again, it's God condescending, and not necessarily, you know, oh, you, you puny humans, maybe some of that, I don't know, but it's, hit the the word by which everything is made is coming down into what animals
0: eat out of, and is in a very vulnerable place, you know. And he's wrapped in swaddling clothes, which were basically burial garments.
1: And it, it, there's just so much there, I mean, you could read the fathers and... You know, definitely there are good books of Advent Reflections and Christmas Reflections to do that. But it's just, none of the Christmas story is fluff. None of it. It Yeah. It's divine revelation. So you would think God, you know, took some time on this. Or not took some time, but he's the master storyteller. And there are Mm
0: multi-layers of meaning to everything. So there's obviously the literal meaning of Jesus was actually wrapped in the swaddling clothes. And there's the the kind of metaphor of what those mean. So... Mm -hmm. It looks forward to him being bread of life. It looks forward to him, which he is already, even as a baby. But it looks forward to his death, and yep.
1: And yeah, get a little dark here, but Jesus was born to die.
0: Everybody, Mm
1: -hmm. it's actually
0: a really great Reliant K song on for Christmas that points that out. Like that's the 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 whole point of the song is celebrating the day that you were born to die. Yeah, Um,
1: and maybe like. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe we're just bouncing off each other here, but like, you know, even look at the like, the timing of like Christmas, and you look at you know you know just the ancient traditions of why things are so. Um, okay, so. December twenty fifth. What's nine months before that? It's March twenty fifth. Mar- it's the solstice. Right. That's a pagan. Right. But March twenty fifth in the, the the calendar is the feast of the Annunciation. So when Gabriel, uh, Gabriel rather, <laughs> comes to Mary, <laughs> um, but Ga- the angel Gabriel comes to Mary, tells her that she will conceive by the Holy Spirit. You know, Emmanuel, God with us. Um, and of course, it's like it's at that moment. You know, this is probably again the most pro life argument you can make. It's like at that moment when the Word of God becomes. Flesh in the womb, that you know, Satan starts to become defeated. That you know, the you know, God creeps behind enemy lines and begins the process of you know, winning a covenant people <laughs> um, with his own blood. Um, and it's there, right there, in the simple fact of the incarnation and just becoming man, um, and then. Incidentally, um, tradition also says that when Jesus did go to the cross and he did die on Good Friday, that it was also March 25th, and so that he was conceived and died. So he came into the world and came out of the world on you know the same day, generally March 25th, and it's just like the stuff you know. Or ultimately, it's the cross that defeats you know the powers of hell, Satan, sin, death. Mm-hmm. But it's like. It began right there in a womb, guys. Yeah, and you know God is a you know, you know exalts
0: the lowly, and He becomes the lowly. He became the lowest of the lows, born to people that, by any by, you know by any standard, were nothing. Yeah, Mary I mean, a, a, is. A, I mean, she's she has a no peasant. status, no yeah. nothing. Joseph is a carpenter, like he has a very lowly job. When, he was, when Christ is born in Luke, he's visited by shepherds. <laughs> like, their job is to be with these nasty animals. And then they're the ones that are immediately told, not a king, not a prince, not the wealthy person in Bethlehem, not the inn owners, not the people that have traveled a long time and paid extra money so they could get a room and Jesus had to be born in the manger. You have shepherds. Yeah. Yep. Shepherds.
1: Visited by, what, a legion of angels. So you're yeah. talking with the heavenly host you know, thousands and thousands of spiritual beings. And, you know, the shepherds are frightened. But, you know, a lot of nativity plays, you know, it's a lot of sweet cherubs and, you know, singing, Gloria, which is there's something good to that. But it's like, it's probably a very scary thing. Your herald, these scary beings are heralding (laughs) in the coming of the one who created the universe. Mm -hmm. And it's, there's a lot to meditate on there and digest, but it's
0: the story of stories i mean. john lennox the uh, the renowned oxford um apologist he he likes to reference christ being in mary's womb and christ coming in that that was the entirety of the universe like the power behind everything every, the one that holds everything together like we we've, we've previously said that's he was a singularity the the beginning the the foundation and the structure of all matter was there Well, yeah, in Christ and he came came into physical flesh being. Well,
1: yeah, with with Christ. I mean, Jesus is the second person of the Trinity and so on. But with Jesus, God now has a face. It's not just some abstract concept. It's it's flesh and blood. Jesus Mm -hmm. is the face
0: of Yahweh. We wanted to talk about some of the, um, like kind of the, the, the origin of Christmas, why we celebrate on the day. You know, we already touched, uh, Nathaniel, you touched on the, uh, the date, the dating of the 25th, um, just, you know, from March the 25th until December the 25th is nine months. So it's the, it's that time. Mary's for, pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> she was pregnant for nine months. You know, typically people are, Yeah. I mean, she was full with child by the time they got to, to Bethlehem, um. But Christmas is one of the earliest, like, kind of nailed down holy days that the church, um, the that the, the church celebrated. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, you know, everyone's like, oh, it's Saturnalia or it's the solstice or it's this or it's that, and they think that because of those things, which we know almost nothing of from the actual time periods where they were celebrating, we actually know about them from from Christian authors writing about them later on. Um, there's this tendency in, in our modern day and some Christmas skeptics or whatever they are. I don't know. I don't know. Scrooges. Yeah. (laughs) Some Grinch, some Christmas Grinches to, that think that, you know, because of these outlying things that Christmas was picked for that reason. Um, when in fact it, it wasn't, it was chosen. What did you say? The second century?
1: Well, um, just kind of going into here, if you guys ever want to do more research, um, uh, definitely look at someone called dr. Taylor Marshall he does some fire podcasts by the way about uh. talking and stuff <laughs> but um no he he has this series of books about the origins of uh, Christianity um, one's called the crucified Rabbi ones about Paul and then one's just about the eternal city ultimately is heaven but um, but just the just the or why Christianity is a historic faith um, but in his last book the Eternal City he um, he touches on the whole date of Christmas and just the way it was celebrated. Um, And there's an article that's really, um, if you type in Taylor Marshall on Google and say just Christmas, it'll pop up. But the name of the article says, yes, Christ was really born on December 25th. Here's a defense of the traditional date of Christmas. Um, So it's there. But um, basically, uh, Dr. Marshall posits that, um, it begins with a T, but basically even from the... It was in the 100s. There was at least records we can find of Pope... And again, T, and I'm just looking here. Um, Aha! Pope Theophilus. Uh, Or no, wait, wait, sorry. Yeah, there's a T. But Pope St. Telesphorus. Telepathy. Mm. No. (laughs) Um, No, but Pope St. Telesphorus, uh, he says, instituted the tradition of Midnight Mass on Christmas Eve. So... They were selling Christmas probably already before, but the idea of just just the ceremony of m- the pomp and circumstance of, of of a midnight mass is there. And what in Pope Saint Telephorus reigned one twenty sixth through one thirty seven A.D. Um, you know, mm-hmm. the Bishop of Rome, and this is early. <laughs> um, I can't stress to you how um early this is. Like you even think of like uh writers like tertullian who coined the term trinitas trinity you know helped explain the faith and helped develop you know what we think about these ideas tertullian wrote in the 3rd century so this is before and you're just like okay so we're literally celebrating christ's birth now again the, the the liturgical calendar develops and you know not everyone has you know this feast of epiphany at like the roman date and you know there's still some you know Indiana Jones work that has to be done, but just the fact that there's record of it being celebrated is from then on at least is uh, cool. I I mean, I don't know what else to really say. It's just it's uh, pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. And um, I mean, even going to a different source here, I have the good old Catholic source book I've been using for a couple <laughs> episodes. just pretty much a mini encyclopedia, but You know, and that's written by uh, Father Peter Klein. But anyways, but yeah, you know, depending on the the region, you know, definitely the idea towards this time that, you know, Christmas or the coming of the Lord, the birth of the Lord is celebrated even around the time of the Epiphany. And then, but it's like for sure, at at least by the year 330, I mean, you know, the Roman See, the Holy See, I Mm -hmm. mean, where the Pope is, I mean... Christmas is December 25th and you know, it's just kind of assumed and it's not about Sol Invictus or, you know, Saturnalia. It's just, Kind of a happy coincidence. Yeah.
0: Um, and there's always this idea that since, you know, Easter happens around the same time of the spring solstice and Christmas happens around the winter solstice and pagan cultures celebrate these things and other cultures celebrate these things, that, oh, it must be related to paganism. Because there's a certain idea that everything comes out. Uh, everything, you know, that we do as humans came from, well, nothing. And then we we concentrated our belief systems And then now that they are what they are, instead of what we have, we have the creation with Adam. And then we have creation with Adam, we have Noah, we have all these points. We have, you know, God revealing himself. And you have this revelation that branches outwards from the inside out, not the outside in. you have God who instituted um, feast days for the Jews that were set on um, very similar times at the solstices, at the the time of the change of seasons and those feasts were meant to remember him to remember what he had done And so when we when we remember when we're in Advent we're preparing to remember this season you know when everything seems at its darkest, you know, when everything has died, before spring, before new life, we have, from the midst of the darkness, the light, the very light of lights, God himself coming into the world at yeah. our darkest moment.
1: Yeah, the, the true light now shineth, as John says, yeah, mm-hmm. so, and darkness cannot overcome that one.
0: Another thing that people get hung up on is the uh, the idea of the Christmas tree. Um, they say, well, trees are worshipped by pagans, so the Christmas tree is just a, you know, a repurposing of a pagan tradition. You know, we're just worshipping the tree and bringing it into our home. It's kind of an Ashereth pole. And that is not... That, no. 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 Anyone who knows anything about church history, especially about lives of the saints, during the reign of Charles Martel, the great savior of Europe who uh, conquered the uh, invading uh, muslim hordes at tools he uh he invited a british monk named boniface to to preach to the germanic tribes and uh legend has it that he went he heard of a sacrifice that was being made to thor the night before christmas and so in full vestments he went over there and as the the man was going to to kill the child and uh you know, with a hammer you know, they were going to execute this child with a hammer and as he was bringing it down Boniface extended his crozier and he knocked the blow out of the way and uh, according to the legend the stone hammer actually broke and so the child was saved and it said that well, one of the, the legend says that afterwards he said to everyone that was assembled there he said hearken sons of the forest no blood shall flow this night save that which pity has drawn from a mother's breast for this is the birth night of the Christ the son of the almighty the savior of mankind fairer is he than Baldur the beautiful greater than Odin the wise kinder than Freya the good since he has come since he has come sacrifice is ended. The dark Thor, on whom you have vainly called, is dead. Deep in the shades of Niflheim, he is lost forever. And now, on this Christ night, you shall begin to live. This blood tree shall darken your land no more. In the name of the Lord, I will destroy it. And there it says that he picked up an axe, and he swung at the tree. And a gust of wind knocked the whole tree down, root systems and all. And... At the end of the tree, you know, it crushed everything in its path, except for at the very top, where the topmost branches had fallen, there was a fir, a little evergreen. And so Boniface pointed to the tree and said, This little tree, a young child of the forest, will be your holy tree tonight. It is the wood of peace. It is the sign of an endless life, for its leaves are evergreen. See how it points upwards to heaven. Let this be called the tree of the Christ child. Gather about it, not in the wild wood, but in your own homes. There it will shelter no deeds of blood, but loving gifts and rites of kindness.
1: Yeah, and there you go. There's the the general origin of the Christmas tree being used to mark the birth of Christ. And as an aside, hey, the Thor's Oak got turned into a chapel, so. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Ah, So much for the thunder god. Yeah, so much for the puny god. Yeah.
0: (laughs) As Hulk might say of Loki, but we'll... We'll definitely appropriate it for Thor in this case. Yeah, so next time someone tries to tell you, oh, the Christmas tree is pagan, just remember St. Boniface. And again, even though these um, these stories are oftentimes hagiography, they do contain truth. So him cutting down the oak tree very likely happened. Nobody, I repeat, no one on the planet worshiped the pine tree. The pine (laughs) tree is insignificant or seemingly insignificant. They worshipped oaks. They worshipped great ancient trees of the forest. That is not a pine. Right. Or a fir tree. You know, it's not what we sell. What we celebrate with in our homes.
1: Right. Yeah, I just, yeah, I definitely appreciate St. Boniface. He, he really, you know, with the whole felling of the axe and stuff, he really lived up to the Benedictine motto, which, you know, he was part of the Benedictines, but it's ora et labora, so work and pray. And he really worked and prayed with the axe. <laughs>
0: Uh, and blocking a hammer blow with his crozier.
1: Yeah, I mean, so yeah, a little Gandalf moment, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it must mm-hmm. be a crozier. All it is is a shre- shepherd's crook. You know, it's to you know pull back sheep from the you know the ledge or something or to save them. And it's 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 not it's not like some magical staff or something. Yeah. It's like so you're using a shepherd's tool, and you know God uses that to
0: break apart a
1: hammer of a of you know, stone. Yeah. You know, pagan God.
0: Yeah. Which is awesome, and any child sacrifice in that region, yeah, because the sacrifice, like you said, has already come.
1: All right, so kind of closing out here, just kind of share some Christmas hymns or something you should look into that have helped nourish me. Um, I would say I made him. I was going through, kind of making a little playlist or mixtape for <laughs> Christmas, um, but uh, you're old school. Yeah, yeah, I like actually using analog stuff, but. Um, I uh, ran across a, a chant called P- Natus Est uh, Nobis, which basically is um, a chant that was in the olden days just used at the Christmas Mass to announce you know, the coming of the Lord. And, you know, basically the the, the gist of the chant is, A child is born to us and a son is given to us. His government is upon his shoulder. His name shall be called the Angel of Great Counsel. Um... So, you know, that's of course repeated, it's a chant. Um but it's just like um it's yeah, it's just paraphrase scripture. But if you listen to the chant, it's just uh, it's very um I don't know, I wanna say primitive or um guttural in a very, you know, simple and there's some buoyancy to it, but a simple way that it's just like it's not just, you know, ringling some sleigh bells or whatever. It's just like acknowledging the solemnity of the fact that the word of God became incarnate in the womb of a virgin. And its it, 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 if you listen to it, it just makes you pause for a minute and realize, oh, the king of kings has become one of us. <clears throat> um, and again, the rest of the chant is kind of paraphrased scripture. Um, but I definitely recommend, like, if you kind of just want a more sobering experience, listen to that chant. And just kind of, you don't necessarily have to understand the Latin, but just take in the ambiance of the thing and, like, listen to it. Um, otherwise, I, I generally like translations of old Latin hymns that were used in, you know, mm-hmm. the church. You know, so you think finite Adoremus, come all ye fam- faithful, and, you know stuff like that i definitely like because like even in the lyrics of these hymns you know they're quoting the creed you know Mm -hmm. light of light very god of very god you know that that stuff that that christological stuff it's there in the hymn Um, yeah which is you know we're singing our faith you know and we're not making any bones about it which i do appreciate about the old Um, hymns like Venite Adoremus Um, but otherwise yeah I like some English carols so you know God rest you merry gentlemen and what child is this that's Mm -hmm. great that's fine Um, Joseph was a wassailing
0: yeah yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, so definitely I I, uh, those are some hymns I would recommend for actual you know Christmas tide and then yeah look again into the 12 days of Christmas and see what the actual significance is and so on and get back to me so I can get learned yeah
0: my uh, my favorite Christmas hymns and carols um, always. Oh uh, come, oh come, Emmanuel. You know it's always at the top of my list. It's absolutely gorgeous, um, and the lyrics are are so good. And it, it is. It's an Advent carol. It it's is not Advent. much a, I was a Christmas say carol. That. <laughs> it's it's that kind of penitentiary tone. It has that kind of um, joyful somberness to it. That expectation of his arrival, but it's not here yet.
1: It's very. Uh, it's it's. There's expectation, but it's, I don't know, again, even with that chance, there's, like a, there's a certain sobriety to it. Mm-hmm. It's it's not gay, and again, no sleigh bells ringing. It's like, no, take, be vigilant,
0: stay alert. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, and of course, um, my other, one of my other favorites is Oh Holy Night. Yeah. I don't think there is a more powerful moment in a song than when you sing Fall on Your Knees.
1: I think of Luciano Pavarotti, the opera singer, <laughs> singing that song every time I hear someone.
0: Like that. <laughs> you know, that, that refrain is so, so strong and so powerful. And again, it's it's a call for us to, you know, we're standing before the king of the universe. The one who holds everything together. What other response is appropriate than falling on our knees in adoration and complete and total worship of him? You know, I just
1: thought right now, you're talking about adoration and stuff, and it's like, I, I co- completely botched the names for the song. Come all ye faithful is Adeste Fidelis, and come let us, you know, another, you know, come let us adore him, that, that refrain, mm-hmm. is, is the Venite Adoremus. So, yeah, I, I botched the Latin, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you're not a Latin scholar, Nathaniel. Oh, yeah, one of these days.
0: Yeah, and then a song that I've recently become um, acquainted with, uh, actually, I first, like, noticed it watching this TV show The Crown, Mm-hmm. Um and it's called In the Bleak Midwinter. It's a it's an English carol based on a poem by Christina Christina Rossetti. Um the music is actually composed by Gustav Holtz, most uh, famous for composing the um the Planets, which you know you can hear in films like Gladiator. John Williams kind of like took a bunch of it for Star Wars. You know, there's a huge big time composer and he composed the the music for this chorale piece. And uh, it is filled with absolutely, insanely powerful lyrics. The, um, one of the, the verses says, Our God, heaven cannot hold him, nor earth sustain. Heaven and earth shall flee away when he comes to reign. In the bleak midwinter, a stable place sufficed. The Lord God Almighty, Jesus Christ. What can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet what I can, I give him. I give him my heart. And of course, sung, it actually sounds a whole lot better than my terrible attempt at recitation. Um, an, an excellent uh, song version. It doesn't sing every verse. But um, it's the one by Annie Lennox, famously known for singing um, Days of the Ring at the end of uh, Return of the King. She sings it incredibly powerfully. It's a great Great version of the song. All right, I think I think that's it.
1: <laughs> yep, thanks for listening. Um, look up those Christmas songs. Look up whatever. You know, maybe look at, you know, that Taylor Marshall article. Um, you know, get an Advent wreath if you still have the time. Um, mm-hmm. Do something. <clears throat> um, yeah. But, uh, you know, Merry Christmas <laughs> to you, you know, yep. um, whenever you listen to this. Merry Christmas. Um, You know, the Lord has come and is coming and will reign forever and ever, and he is reigning now. Mm Amen. Amen. I'm Nathaniel, and I'm a Catholic.
0: And I'm Elijah, and I'm a Protestant. We'll see you next year.